You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Great things are coming on the Nerd Bliss Podcast. We're changing up our presentation while keeping the candidness that you enjoy. We'll cover all your favorite shows and movies with maybe a few surprises along the way. And you, yes, you, will have opportunities to be on our show on a regular basis. That's right. We've got the Zoom Pro account and we're going to use it. So be ready. Find us at nerdblisspodcast.com and esonetwork.com and on all the socials at NerdBlissPod. NerdBliss, listen up. Thank you so much for joining us again. It is me, Katie, taking the reins for this introduction tonight, so please be kind to me. Uh, welcome to the Con Guy Show, coming to you straight from the nerdy heart of Hollywood with a filmmaker's perspective on the latest and greatest news of fandom, Comic-Cons, and just pop culture in general. Uh, so we're all here tonight. We're missing one person, but we're going to start with Jim, who normally goes last. But introduce yourself, Jim. I am Jim Fry, a.k.a. the Con Guy. You can find me at... Jim Fry LA on Twitter, James D. Fry on Instagram, or just find me here at theconguy.com. I'm so excited about tonight. I really, we've been looking forward to this for a while. Who's next? Derek. Okay. Hi, I'm Derek Sims. I'm a regular uh, on the Con Guy show, and I contribute to theconguy.com. Hey, everybody. It's me, old buddy Ben. And uh, you can find me here uh, at Ben Cleaver on Twitter and Instagram and uh, regular here on the con guy. I'm over at that hashtag show a lot. And uh, I've been spending my days working 40 hours a week scheduling people for vaccination appointments. Yay. There's a lot of people calling for vaccination appointments. Yep. (laughs) Anyway, go BPH. Okay. Well done, Ben. (laughs) Next to Ben, I can't point that way. Wait, howdy! I'll point it myself. So that works. There we go. <laughs> Hi, I'm Danae. I am one of the con girls. Yeah. Yay! I'm the other half of the Samblings. The other half is right up there. That's my brother Derek. You can find me on Instagram at dnays, and also on Instagram somewhere else. Katie, you wanna? You want to yeah, tell about it? I will definitely, I can do that, no problem. And I am Katie, aka KT underscore Christine, which, you know, if you have ever seen me on Twitch, most people think my name is Christine. It is not. My name is Katie. Uh, I do, I am one half of the con girls. I am part of the con guy. I do also write articles for that hashtag show for Batwoman and for Riverdale and something else in the future coming up soon. And, um, Happy International Women's Day to all of the ladies out there. We appreciate all of you who are here to support us. And of course, me and me and Danae and everybody here, we, we, we can appreciate all women from all over the world. And we're going to talk about some of our favorites in the pop culture world later on. But because it is International Women's Day, we thought we would do something special. We've been working on a project for a month or so now called the con girls so we have officially launched a new logo 
Look at that logo. The Con Girls. Uh, we made an so we have an Instagram at, at the Con Girls. Uh, there will be a website coming soon and all that jazz. But we're really happy to excited to announce it on today. It seemed like a fitting day to do that. So yeah, it's going to be a place for us to celebrate all the things that we love as nerds slash geek girls because there is a difference anyway. <laughs> but yeah, favorite characters from TV shows, movies, and just things from maybe a female perspective. So join us if you want to see me and Danae and you know my friend Emily, she'll also be on there too, all sorts of stuff. I'm sure Ben could get his wife to post some things for us sometimes too, maybe, possibly. I don't know, she is in fact a con girl, so. <laughs> hey, my wife's also a con girl. True. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. Derek, my bad, I'm so sorry. My sister-in-law. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so yeah. I've got a question for the con girls. Mm -hmm. Can you talk to us a minute, like, um, what what kind of stuff? Like, I'm sitting here thinking, con girls. What in the world could that possibly be? What I mean, for real, what is that? I it, it is a, a question that I, I've been asked multiple times. What are I, girls? I, I the con girls? Huh? I said, what are girls? What are girls? Yeah, what are girls? What are girls? What <laughs> nerds don't know girls? No, for real. <laughs> Why are we uh, doing no, so Ben and Derek have done okay. Just saying. Mm -hmm. We've done a pretty good job. All right, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah, I'm, I think... I'm excited about this, and you guys have been talking about it for a while. I would love to hear kind of like, what what is your perspective on the con world? Like, when you were growing up and developing your passions and stuff, what was, what was it that was missing that you think that something like this can help fill? I think when I was growing up, and I mean, it's changed, the, the, the society's changed, and the way, the outlook of what a nerd is, is a lot more accepted than I know it was when you folks were younger and when I was younger, but it wasn't really a thing that I felt many girls were, at least in my group of friends. I think I loved everything nerdy more than they did. Um, I never really mm -hmm. felt that it was as common for there to be female nerds. Now, as I've gotten older, thankfully, that has changed, that has shifted. You know, you see a lot of females on Twitch. You see a lot of females doing everything in the nerd realm. And it's been really nice to start seeing that representation pop up and be accepted to just be a nerd, not just no matter what your gender. So that's been something nice because as a, as a girl growing up, I was always a little bit of a tomboy. But aside from that, I, I never really knew where I fit in. And it's because as soon as I got down here to LA, I was like, Oh, this is where I fit. This is this is where I fit. So <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I think it's just overall in the last 10 years or so, um, just being a nerd has kind of become more accepted. It's become more of a cultural thing to be nerdy. And um, absolutely, I, I just, just to repeat exactly what Katie just said, you know, growing up, I was always into Star Wars and Lord of the Rings and Narnia. And um, I think Katie can answer a little better about, you know, all of the gaming questions because I'm still in the realm of, <laughs> Mario Kart on Nintendo 64 will be the greatest greatest video game ever made, no matter what anybody said. And um, so when I think about like, what are we gonna be presenting from a girl's perspective? It's well, you know, everybody's different. And I think that definitely Katie and I will look at things differently than you guys do. And it's just gonna be um, our viewpoint of things. You know, the sun still looks good from both sides of the ocean. Does that make sense? <laughs> Yeah, and one more, one more thing I, 
Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ben. <laughs> no, I was just saying, you mean like under the water and above the water? Or? No, I mean like if I was looking at the, at the sunrise in California while somebody in Asia was watching the sun set, because that's how the sun works, I think. You know, a sunrise and a sunset, are be, it's the same sun being looked at from two different places and they're both beautiful. You said sunrise, sunset, and I just thought of Fiddler on the Roof. So that's sunrise, just sunset. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. Well, Thank you. Yes, exactly that. But I did want to echo off something or say something else in addition to that. Um, as someone who is a girl and who is a gamer and is a nerd, there is a lot of toxic behavior in within the female nerd uh, group. Um, a lot of judgment, a lot of things like that. And I'm I'm not saying I'm innocent of some of that. I am. I'm not innocent of that. I'm sorry. I'm not innocent about that sometimes. But if con girls can help us create a more friendly and loving environment for women everywhere, that's also something that would be very, very important to me. And I'm sure it would be to Danae as well. So we don't want to be toxic. We don't want the toxicness. And I think if I could just say one more thing, I apologize, Ben. Um, sure, don't apologize. This is your night. Yeah. Well, I don't think that you have to just be a girl to follow the con girls or just be a guy to follow the con guys. It's just that because men and women think differently, we're going to be thinking of different things. You know, when we do get to go to cons again, Lord allowing, hopefully it'll be the kind of thing where the con guys will mention like, hey, make sure you're packing like an extra set of clothes in your backpack for the con for the convention that day because you might want to change out of your cosplay and that's something you guys would think of whereas katie and i would be like hey make sure you're packing snacks because the food there's really expensive and that's not exactly what art would happen but you know what i mean yeah. if, like advice and in insights that are useful to both all kinds of people just being given from different different sides of the ocean <laughs> for the record i usually tell people to pack snacks i'm yeah. just saying because we're basically twins. Yeah, so, and by the yeah. way, y'all, this is a little bit of a tangent. because I know we've mentioned it. If you followed our show for a while, you know that we have mentioned our like survival kits for conventions. Mm -hmm. Y'all have, if you have not seen Derek, the way he packs at conventions, you are missing out because he yeah. is prepped and ready. He gets the MREs and he's eating them in Hall H and you're just like, he thought ahead, he's smart. <laughs> Derek has saved me in many a Hall H by passing down a hard boiled <laughs> egg for me to eat in the middle of, of the hard boiled eggs a couple times. You gotta make sure you've got something insulated in an, a little ice pack or something, or you've just got to make sure you eat them before you get too far along in the morning. And um, I would just to say I'm well, sorry Derek. It's okay. Sorry. Go on. Katie and I became friends because I gave her my Batman external charger at Nerd HQ. Mm. Yeah. So important. External chargers, y'all. External chargers. Yeah, those are great. Derek can now hide snacks in his beard. <laughs> what he'll be doing at cons. It's like a chipmunk. Yeah, I have, to, I have to grow it out even longer and hide hide those hard boiled eggs in here. Yeah. I love here, Jim. hard boiled eggs. <laughs> so I mean, that's where you you walk in the convention hall all day. What's the yeah. best snack to bring along? Hard boiled eggs. <laughs> yeah, it just made sense. I was trying to get a good like protein snack, you know, and that might have been at a convention that was at the LA Convention Center. Yeah. So I could just pack my fast snacks in the morning. It wasn't something I had to, you know, travel down to San Diego with or something. <laughs> Yeah. It's going to back for 12 hours. In the middle of a con. You're just no, but. Rants and eggs. <laughs> If it's not a deodorant problem, it's eggs in Derek's bag. <laughs> no, like I was sitting next to Derek 
in Hall H was probably the the year of the 50th anniversary for Doctor Who because that was the one where Derek and I like had to camp out and all that stuff. And he was just like opens up his MRE and he's like eating like pasta next to me in Hall H. And I'm just yeah. like, all right, then he knows he knows what he's doing. I didn't use the heater pack from the MRE because you don't do those indoors. But uh, yeah, it bubbles, if you're right? OK with eating some of that stuff cold. What's that? Doesn't it boil? I like mean, not exactly. There's like a thing that water reacts to in this one little bag, and you like put that in another pouch with the the sealed food pouch, and yeah, it, yeah. yeah like the water kind of boils and steams and heats it all up. And although that's really, really quite funny, if like someone like was like, "Is this guy like cooking in Holly?" <laughs> <laughs> that would be kind yeah. of amazing. Like I would want it to get all on video and like Chris know. Hardwick be up there like. Is that? I know what's cooking. Yeah. But those things, like, they smell kind of foul, or at least they yeah. smell weird when they, <laughs> with the chemical thing that makes the water all hot. It's, yeah, it's strange. You don't yeah, want that inside with 3,000 people all around you. <laughs> Is it really so, a you? problem, or are people just making their MREs inside at the San Diego uh -huh. Center? So be two types of people. made for, like, the Vietnamese bush. <laughs> They're not for inside <laughs> conventional. <laughs> <laughs> they're made for anywhere like outdoors when you're roughing it to get a lot of calories into your system really fast and to keep and wild animals away from killing you so they're made to stink right it's more about keeping wild other people away from killing you <laughs> in the military Jim but Kitty and Danae as we talk about the con girl and I don't want to belabor the point but you know, some people are, might be listening to, to the show or watching and say, oh, that's just some more of that wokeism. They're going to talk girl stuff. I mean, by the way, I don't mean to make fun of people who talk that way because that's my whole family back in the South. I'm just going to talk. That's I mean, me. Not, not the content. I'm just saying they sound that way. Listen, don't that. worry. We still don't. Are you saying? <laughs> ahead, I love that all the men are answering Excuse me. Yeah. That was so much louder than I expected. Danae, Katie, let me answer this for you. Yes. So what we think make, here is explain, a, make sure they understand and no. make sure make sure they get it. You know. Hey guys, no hey guys, I have a joke for you. Where does a mansplainer get his water? From the well. Actually. The well, actually. <laughs> oh. so, okay. so let's put to rest the fact that we're not trying to be, you know. Yeah educating people on how woke they need to be on such and such a topic. This is something that I guess maybe I was just raised differently, but I never knew that I personally, because of my experience, never realized that that girls were not part of the, the geek culture because I was raised in comic books when Storm was leading the X-Men, when the Fantastic Four, when Avengers, women were so much, my very first comic book is um, Wanda, uh, Scarlet Witch. And that's why it got me hooked. And then I got into the Teen Titans. So I never understood this part. But th again, this is my perspective. And I'm not the perspective which we're trying to talk about right now. So tell me, if you had to, what parts of um, this culture, the geek culture or fandom, are we doing great in as far as women's representation? What areas do you think we can improve? That's a good question. Um... I think the biggest thing for me as a as a a woman who is a nerd is the people. I don't want to target any certain audience here, but is the is the people who 
try to make us prove how nerdy we are mm -hmm. and expect mm -hmm. us to know as much as they do. And that's not cool. Like the, just the gatekeeping in general. And that's not just right. any, any nerds, but more specifically when you're a female nerd, you get a lot of people saying, Oh, you're a nerd. Oh, what was, you know, the first issue of this comic book. And it's like, I don't know. I don't read comic books. That doesn't mean I'm not a nerd. And I think that's <laughs> the biggest thing that female, female nerds deal with is having to prove something when it's like, I don't need to prove anything. Yeah. So, well, as men, we never feel like we have to prove ourselves. <laughs> and then there's the catch of if you happen to know more than a certain person, they get even more mad. And you're like, you started down this road. So mm -hmm. it's just accept that people love something, accept that people are passionate about something, and accept the fact that every nerd, there, there's an, everybody is a nerd about something. As, you know, Zachary Levi said. Everybody is, has something they're nerdy about, whether it be, mm -hmm. you can be a sports nerd, you can be, I'm a theater nerd, Danae is a theater nerd, but I also, I'm a nerd in other ways. But, you know, and there's geeks, which is book smart, knowledge smart, all that. I am not that. There's oh, so a there's reason. A between geeks and I am nerds. a creative person. There's always been a difference between geeks and nerds. Thank I think there's a difference. Yeah, you know this, Jim. And dorks. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think of geek as, I think of geek as more knowledge, like more like mathematicians and people who have knowledge about things that are very very smart. And then I think of a nerd as someone who is just passionate about something. But some people think a geek and a nerd are the same thing. That's up to. I mean, you could be both of them. I think that depending on the situation, one would be more useful than the other. Um, I mean, a nerd can tell you a lot about you know a certain fandom, but a geek can fix your computer. Whereas a dork is someone who does not fit in anywhere, but thinks they're the coolest person in the world. <laughs> That's my dork. And, what, and what about dweeb? Do we have a specification for that? I'm not sure. Okay. That dweeb is lovable. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I can see that. All, right. All yeah. I can say is I'm so excited for, for Katie and Danae to kind of be leading us in the charge for the con girls. Mm -hmm. Um, we're going to have some shows, just the con girl shows. We're going to have all kinds of stuff. And thank you so much. I can't think of anybody better to, to put this into the hands of than these two ladies right here. Bravo. Oh, bravo. And Jim, to further answer your question. I'm sorry. I feel like I didn't answer it fully. You said, where do you see the equality? And where do you see, think there needs to be more of it? I right. think that it exists pretty well, but it shouldn't be patronizing. Because I really got frustrated in Avengers Endgame where there was the entire shot of like, we'll back you up. And then we just saw like a lineup of all the women. It's like, okay, guys, we that's not what we're talking about. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, I it's frustrating with the fact that we still don't have a Scarlet Witch movie. Um, or not Scarlet Witch, I'm sorry. Black Widow. <laughs> Black, Black Widow. Widow. Thank you. We still don't have our Black Widow movie. We've been waiting for it forever. And that was something we wanted in like 2012, right after Avengers Assemble came out. And instead mm -hmm. it was, um, I mean, what year did we get Captain Marvel? Was that 2018? Yeah. 18 or 19. Yeah. And as cool as it could have been, I I still enjoyed it because it was just a fun movie to see in theaters. And I had fun, but I was still like, it didn't feel like it was that Marvel level of good. I felt like instead of going in saying, let's make an awesome superhero movie, they were like, we got to make a girl movie now, you guys. Mm -hmm. We got to make sure she's really sassy. 
and we're just going to focus on the references instead of like let's build a good story like which is how you get with which is the what's the word started so well this sentence <laughs> another marvel movie it's like going into it saying let's make an awesome movie but mm -hmm. after Marvel, it felt like, okay, it's time to make a girl movie where girls are going to seem cool. Which, yeah, we want girls to appear cool in movies, but we don't need to be patronized in that way. I, I, I felt like the use of a great song, but I felt like the use of I'm Just a Girl, no doubt, uh, in Captain Marvel felt a little pandery. And it didn't, mm -hmm. like they could have yeah. picked a better song for that. That's a great song. Don't get me wrong. Love, no yeah. doubt. And love that song. But it didn't quite fit the scene and it just felt like they were like, get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I felt that way about all the nineties jokes too. Like, Hey, did we mention this is, this is 1995. The complete Sorry. opposite of 1984 where we're like, this is the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the first wonder woman though, the first I, wonder woman was fantastic because it yeah. felt like they didn't focus on the fact that, Oh, she's a woman. It was just mm -hmm. like, this is Wonder Woman. We're going to make an awesome, you know, yeah. superhero movie. It was just She's a hero. Superhero yeah. movie with a lady, and there was never any. I, I mean, this could have happened, and I made maybe blocked it out, but there was never that moment of like, you can't do this because you're a woman, and it's like, yes, I can because I am a woman. Like that's, I'm kind of sick of that. If we're going to, but you know what they did have, which was kind of a cool the way they reversed it. They had a couple of moments of you're weird because you're a boy. You know, they had a couple of those with Chris Pine when he showed up on the island, and that was great. He was weird because he's a boy. <laughs> and but in that context, it made sense because you had an island of women that uh, hadn't yeah. really seen a man before. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I love. I think the I think Wonder Woman was was great, and I agree great. with you. Um, uh, Black Widow, we have all been waiting for that. Not just the girls; the guys want that yeah. too. She kicks ass, and we are ready for her. I mean, she, hopefully. I don't know. May honestly, I have yeah. thoughts. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and say hello, Cat. <laughs> it's always good to see right, you. I haven't even been monitoring the chat. Can I just say Kristen, shout out to Cat Bloodgood for being one of the very first people to jump in and follow the Con Girls Instagram? Yeah. That was right. We're getting it set up. Saw her, and I was like, yeah. Yeah. Guys, this is our token girl movie. Um, I think she's probably talking yeah. about Captain Marvel. Captain yeah, that, Marvel. yeah. She commented that while we were on Captain Marvel. And the yeah. thing oh. is, is, is with with the with the female superhero movie that Marvel's doing. Unfortunately, DC beat them to the punch um, mm -hmm. on that one, and they did a very very good movie with Wonder Woman, with the first Wonder Woman. We're not going to talk about eighty four, but so. And unfortunately for them, they're getting compared to DC in that way. And in this sense, it kind of hindered Marvel, I think, because the one movie DC did well was their female superhero movie. Um, I and honestly, Shazam. yes, yes, and, and Shazam. Shazam. Uh, so, but the one thing, like with Black Widow coming out, I honestly, I I don't expect good things from it because I kind of feel like that movie's been cursed. Um, yeah. You know, it was supposed to be out they've been talking about this movie for like eight years and it's, it got delayed and delayed and delayed and then finally gets made. And then the pandemic hits and now it's going to get launched, you know, in a post pandemic world. And I honestly feel like it's going to be the like DC 
version. Like, I don't know how to word it, but like the what what DC does, but the Marvel side of it. So it's going to be the the what's the the what's the term? The black word. sheep. The black sheep of Marvel. Oh. I honestly think it's going to be that. But Here's that term's not. Is that by the way? If that term is offensive, I'm really sorry. I I don't know for sure. It's just the term I've always heard. What DC? Black sheep. Is <laughs> that is that an it. offensive? Is that offensive? I feel like it. It's no. It's actually referring to sheep, though, because there yeah. are black sheep. Okay, yeah, I just yeah. want to make sure it's not like one of those terms. Oh, it's that... not a racist term at all. It's talking about the because there, it's a rarity for sheep to be black. It's just talking yeah. about the one that stands out. Yeah, I just just you know. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I kind of feel like is going to happen with with this movie. Is it's kind of seems like you know, like New Mutants got delayed so much and look what happened. And now granted that isn't Marvel, but I'm curious. I hope they can prove me wrong. I know I have faith in Marvel that proved me wrong, but I'm just, I'm a little bit worried about it. A year ago, I was privileged to do an interview with Florence Pugh. She is one of the main actresses in the movie. She's kind of, a, you know, she's, she's the sister. She, I love her in everything she does. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't see Little Women, but apparently that was like such a high watermark for her, and this is so different. And she's lovely, just lovely, and just to see her beat people up, I don't know if I can picture that, but it's going to be cool. She's oh, <laughs> really fighting with my family. She was in that. Yeah. She was arrested. Fighting with my family is amazing. She is so good. Oh, fighting with my family. Um, the king about the the um Robert the Outlaw King. Outlaw King, thank you. Mm -hmm. um, she was in a production of King Lear that you can watch on Amazon Prime with. Um, I haven't seen that. Thor, one. or not Thor? Thor's dad. <laughs> Anthony oh, Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins, Sir Anthony Hopkins. Sir Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, it's all in there. Um, yeah, I've been following her since then, and it's one of those like, look at my. I say that's my baby, and I'm real proud. <laughs> She's absolutely amazing me. I think we should get used to seeing her in Marvel films. This is supposedly the passing of the baton. So fingers mm. crossed we'll see a lot more of, of, with Florence. What's her character's name? Does anybody know? I don't know. I, I got uh, right here. Mary. Just kidding. No. She is playing Yelena Belova. Mm. I'm not going to remember of that. Course. Yes, we're on the subject of strong Marvel women. Danae. The weekly Wanda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Danae's favorite topic. Danae's favorite topic. Hey, but it's the last week of it, so I know. Yeah. Unless we get a bonus episode or something like Koi was predicting, but several of his predictions already did not come true. Oh yeah, he tweeted about that. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, is he got egg on his face. Cancel <laughs> Koi. Yeah. But anyways, Danae um, made me laugh out loud with some of her tweeting about, not her tweeting, her text message reviews of the movie. So in the spirit of International Women's Day, let's talk WandaVision, Danae. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> so I can't remember exactly what I texted, and I'll explain why. Um, we probably shouldn't say exactly what it. you texted. <laughs> no, I probably shouldn't. So I want to know what's happening in Marvel. And I had a free evening. So I was like, I'm just going to sit down and I'm just going to watch this so that the guys will shut up about me not watching it. <laughs> so I drank, I drank some wine. And however much wine you're thinking, just like add wine to that. And that's how much wine I had while I was watching this. And I felt like 
I wasted a little bit of my time. It wasn't a true waste of time because I was drinking wine. But mm-hmm. all your good things. Yeah. Um, I mean, and not too much. I was still being responsible. I did. I did not drink enough to have a hangover the next day, but enough to t- text all of you guys a lot of thoughts. <laughs> I feel like I could have fast forwarded through so many of the scenes within the hex and saved myself a lot of time. They did not feel necessary. They did not feel like they needed to be that long. Um, I think it's good that we talked about grief and um, you know how you need to go get help, go to a therapist, you know, talk to somebody. There's nothing wrong with asking for help. I don't think it's okay that she was holding a thousand people hostage for a few weeks. Was not a fan of that. Um, and I mean, I guess you could say she paid for it because of how it ended. Because are we doing spoilers, yeah. you guys? Can we say spoilers? Yeah, yeah, spoilers. Yeah, we are. We're going to talk about endings here. Yeah, spoiler alert, Vision was not actually back. They did not actually have kids. It was something she had created with her magic, for lack of a better word. But um, I think what really struck me was the moment when the townspeople were kind of starting to wake up and a woman came up to her and she was like, let my daughter out of her room. She's been in there and she can't come out. And I was like, see, this is why I don't like it. She's holding all these people hostage and this is not okay. You sound like our dad right now. (laughs) I Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah but um I, taking as well yes <laughs> the only thing that made it worth the time was probably agnes because um she was just hilarious i laughed yeah. out loud i mean it was, i didn't laugh out loud i gave a chuckle at exactly one moment in that entire limited series and that was just the agnes talking head when she was just like i actually did bite a kid once <laughs> 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 nothing else was funny to me just that moment <laughs> Well, I was saying before we got on the air, Catherine Hahn has been making me laugh for damn near 20 years. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember one of my favorite movies, and it came out when I was, I believe it was the summer after I graduated high school, I think, uh, was when Anchorman, starring Will Ferrell and Christina Applegate, came out. And Catherine Hahn plays one of the news station women who's, I mean, she's got a pretty decently sized role, and she's hilarious in that movie. And then she she made her way through a lot of the Judd Apatow movies and, and a, lot, a ton of that. She's been in a ton of stuff over the last two decades. And she still looks fantastic. I don't know how she does it. She looks the same Witchcraft. years ago. What? Witchcraft. Witchcraft, exactly. She is Agatha Harkness. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she still looks fantastic. And she's still doing her thing. And she's great. And she I cannot imagine anybody else playing the role of Agatha in WandaVision other than Catherine Hahn because she's amazing and she's hilarious and she has that there's so many great improv and comedy actors which is kind of the background that she comes from that are so good at walking this line that Marvel delivers so well uh, between drama and comedy that you know a lot of times you can get an actor that can do the comedy but not the drama and vice versa and she is um, among that breed of actors that are so good at that and gee I'm she was the best part of the series. Well, I take that back. Both her and Elizabeth Olsen were yeah. powerhouses in this series. Like, take everybody out. Kat Denning was was very good. She, she has a good... I like her character a lot. But also, um, Randall Park. I love yes. his character's arc coming back from the Ant-Man yeah. Uh, yeah. movies and coming back into this. So I think... 
Kat Denning is great in in most of the stuff that she's in. I, I don't know if I've ever seen anything that Kat wasn't good in. But the powerhouses of this, I think, were Elizabeth, Catherine, and and probably Randall, too. Tiona Paris. Tiona Paris playing Monica Rambeau. I think oh, that's yes. how can I forget? Oh, geez. Because we're seeing I think just like we did with um Florence Pugh in the that we're gonna see, I think we're gonna see a lot of Monica Rambeau coming up. She's gonna have a big part in the Marvel Universe. And it was just, when she was becoming a new superhero and the pain and the suffering of going through and, and transforming and she gets through um, Wanda's hex on the, she gets to the inside and she is, then she is badass and Wanda tries to hex her and she kind of stops her. I was like, ooh, that was so good. That that was great. And she, because she had to go in and play different characters in the different time time periods, which was very cool. The same way that um, Catherine Hahn did. I, I like the way they were different characters and different personalities in the different time eras, the different sitcom eras. But I, I think Tiana Paris, Tiana, is it Tiana or Tayona? I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. We'll know soon because everyone's going to be speaking her name. She's going to be in a lot of Marvel coming up. I, I, I thought she was fantastic. I agree with you about Kat. Um, I think her part was big in one episode, and then they – To me, I felt she got sidelined a little bit, and I, I really like her. I wish we could have seen See, a little bit. I'm not like you guys in that sense. I've never <laughs> been a fan of Darcy, uh, even in the Thor movies. So I was okay with her being a side – She was more I, – I, I did like her better in this than I did in the Thor movies. Mm-hmm. But I was okay with it just being a small role because mm-hmm. I don't know why. I've just never Kat Dennings is good at playing the character. I'm not gonna like ever say that she's not. I just don't care for her yeah. as an as her as an actress. Did you so. see the show? Well, Katie probably didn't, but did you see the show Dollface on Hulu? No. Starring Kat Denning. It's I think it's a ten episode run, but it's this bizarre, surreal comedy. Mm-hmm. And she's the star. And um, it's it's essentially about her kind of getting over a breakup and her ex, I think her ex-boyfriend's pet name for her was Dollface. Oh. Uh, but it starts after the breakup, but it's too hard to explain. Macaulay yeah, Culkin has funny. a guest has a guest arc in it and it's yeah, hilarious. Uh, no, she's, that show is one of those like dramedy comedies that's bizarre and hilarious and it's it's good. All right. How do you I guys feel about? Oh, go ahead, Danae, please. I was just saying, I have a question and a comment. My yes. question is, they can go through all of that, just circling back to WandaVision, something I never thought I'd say. They can go through all this backstory, <laughs> and they can explain, you know, um, all this history and Wanda's childhood, but they can't tell us how Wanda and Pietro got from the Collector's Palace on Nowhere to planet Earth. Like I'm still a little salty that we don't know. Like, what? well, wait, wait. actually, were they up there? Were they? I don't think they were. I think Danae's confused. <coughs> did you just well yes. actually your sister? Yeah, I totally uh, did. I totally did because I wanted to do that to my sister because she's made that joke earlier. <laughs> this is your hoodie, and I'm going to rip it now. And I yeah. won't really come. No, I think I think what you're thinking of Danae is like just the Hydra place where they're experimented on and they turn them into super soldiers or whatever. They're, they're in like prison cells that kind of look like stuff in the collector's palace, but I don't think they were ever actually yeah. there. Nowhere. That was the post-credit scene for Winter Soldier. 
Yes. Say. Yeah. Yeah. So. But that's but a at good, the same that's time. Like a mistake though, because it did. It appeared as yeah. if they were there. Yeah. Because like as I'm watching this, there are so many things, and I, I really was struggling to remember which movie that scene was in. I had to look it up before and trying to remember other story stuff that had happened before now because there yeah. there have been so many movies. So and I don't also, fault you for that, Danae. I'm just your brother and have to pick on you a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, they didn't really explain anything after her parents, the scene with her parents and modern day. So there was obviously a lot of stuff they didn't cover. Um, I did feel like, you know, the fun final episode was a little bit rushed. I feel like they had all these episodes to get there and then all of a sudden they had to cram a lot of information into one episode. Um, so I did think there was a little bit of a pacing issue. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. Um, obviously, I had a lot of theories, but I went into it knowing that I was probably going to be completely wrong, um, unlike what a lot of people uh, felt after the finale aired. But there was also someone, I don't know who it was, but there was someone who made a statement the week before the finale saying, there's going to be a lot of people disappointed with this series finale. And boy, did they get that right. Um, so Why were people disappointed? Because they had so many theories that they thought were going to happen and they couldn't bear the fact that none of them were right. So, mm -hmm. you know, and that, that really upset a lot of people, but I mean, when have we not seen that? That happens all the time. I mean, you, yeah. you gotta know to just leave the expectations at the door with certain things. Endgame, Yes. They absolutely had to deliver to people's expectations because that was a massive movie, but a show mm -hmm. like WandaVision does not have, you have to kind of let your expectations go and just watch it for what it is. Um, my biggest thing that I just didn't like too much was Evan Peters' character being an actor. Boner. Um, that, that was a <laughs> We can actually missed. say it now. Ralph it was, Boner. It was a missed opportunity. I'm hoping it's not mm -hmm. completely as it seems. I'm hoping they still be like, this is him from another world. The other one is still there and maybe he can still come back. But that's just because I'm a massive X-Men fan and I really want to see how they're going to bring the X-Men world into the MCU. And that was the biggest thing for me is like, I wanted there to be more X-Men ways to connect the X-Men yeah. to Disney um, or to Marvel. Were, yeah, a lot of yeah. people felt this was going to be reverse of the House of M where she was going to create the X-Men. But yeah. in a way, don't you think we kind of got a little bit of that because wasn't it demonstrated that her powers were with her as a child? They weren't put into yep. her. Yes, so, they did mention that. So what does that is, mean? So that's the first time that they've been able to mention gifted people in the MCU because before, um, unfortunately, before they mentioned they were experiments um, because they weren't allowed to call them mutants. So that was a big thing. And Hopefully they'll, you know, I'm sure they have a way of bringing the X-Men into the MCU. I'm not worried about it. But um, that's, it's just something for me. I was like, she's an X-Men, bring an X-Men. That said, her costume reveal yeah. was hype. I was stoked. As, and like the way they did her, her crown was, mm -hmm. a, was such cool. a clever, clever and hype. They did, they built it up. And the thing is, is, you know, we're all... I'm a fan of a suit reveal as much as anybody. And there's ones where they're kind of like, hmm, that's it. This one was like, oh, y'all did it. You waited till that last episode to give us that moment. And I kind of loved that for it. And then my last thought, and then I will let Derek or Jim talk is, mm -hmm. I think it would have been better without the second credit scene. 
Um, I think it would have been a better ending if they had just had her fly away and we don't know where she goes until something else comes out later. Um, but that's just me. Um, I feel like that last credit scene was kind of like, I get you. It makes you think, oh, the multiverse, Doctor Strange, this is where it's going, which I get why they did it. But a part of me just felt like it kind of was anticlimactic because of that. So I don't know if I understood the, the last credit scene fully. I, I, how does, what did it mean? She was sitting on her front porch. So where... in, in Doctor Strange, he did the same thing. If you guys remember, he's doing other things while studying magic. He does. Oh, so he, he goes on the plane. His body. Oh, right. So it's the same thing that she like does. Astral projection or something. Yeah. After. Thank you. I couldn't think of the term. Thank you, Derek. Okay. Uh, so she's doing like the astral projection at a, at a like a cabin in the middle of no oh nowhere. Why does she have to project a version of herself? It's so that she can do multitasking. Yeah, so multitasking. Coffee. Yeah. Um. But also, um. Some of my friends pointed out that one of the symbols that's around her when she's doing that, that's that, and I, this could be wrong. I have no idea. I'm just saying what my friends are saying is that there's the symbol for the multiverse shown in when she's in that state. And then you hear her, who we thought was her son, saying, help me or help me, right? Like there was yeah. the voice coming out of it. Mom, which, like yeah, I thought they said yeah. mom, mom, yeah. help me. I, d I yeah. took it as it was the kid. But then a part of me just kind of got X-Men vibes with the whole cerebral thing that Professor X does. But I know it was her kid because it sounded like her kid. But. I think her kids are going to come back. Yeah, they definitely are. I mean, for one thing, I just think it, it's absolutely New Avengers. to completely dissolve two little boys in the, I mean, I just don't, I don't think that goes well with most people. Like, oh, you had kids. Now we're going to t make you the worst sadness in the world by taking your children from you and there i just don't think marvel is going to leave us there that's just that's they're almost doing, they're doing the new avengers so we'll see yep. you back yeah and we yeah, do have I mean, to I, get off the topic in just a second but derek i know you have some thoughts yeah i was gonna say um i think you're right i think we'll probably see the boys back in some way and i think this reanimated vision like the other one that we just saw fly away somewhere i mean he's definitely got to come back in one form or another and they're like layering they're building all this stuff with vision saying well we've said goodbye to each other before which stands to reason we'll say hello again um i don't think that's that there's kind of a jump in his logic there but uh if we're talking about just Marvel movies, yeah, there's a good chance we'll see him again. Um, all the stuff Danae was pointing out that made her not like it, I I hear you, yes, but I think we're not supposed to like those things. Um, that's part of the problem. At like, She's held all these people captive, and we're not supposed to be okay with that. It's supposed to be, okay, you were grieving, and you did something horrible to a lot of people, um, which is why she's coming out of there, and then she she kind of has to make this huge sacrifice to sort of redeem herself in a way. And she then has to just go into hiding somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Um, so now she's dealing with guilt in addition to her grief, um, which I think is interesting for us. You know, this is a more complicated hero. She really thought she was keeping people at peace. She, in some way she might've thought she was helping. And in some way she was unaware of what she was doing at first. Uh, yeah. And it's, I think it just makes her a complex character. Um, doesn't mean you're like, oh yeah, that's, that, it's okay. It's fine because she was grieving. It's more just, yeah, that was really bad. Um, also here's other stuff she's trying to do to make things right. If at all possible. 
I just think it shows um, that Marvel can make anything, no matter how ridiculous, and we will watch it. Okay. Because um, it's- nobody's arguing with that. But <laughs> as ridiculous as it was, I really enjoyed it, and I like. I know Danae did not like any of it. Katie said she didn't love it, didn't hate it. I still loved it. I, I, I was emotionally invested in what was going on. I really like Wanda and Vision. Um, like, and I was yeah. before kind of interested, but you know they didn't really develop their characters a whole lot in some of the movies, um, especially through like Infinity War. Like, there wasn't huge development there, and here we're just getting to see a little more of that. And it, you know, it was enough for me to be attached. And mm-hmm. I enjoyed just the storyline too. I, and I like that we're discovering more stuff about the world and the way they're setting up for the coming movies. Um, and I'm with Ben that Catherine Hahn is amazing. The casting in this was just great. We've got, we, we saw a number of really solid actors. Um, and yeah, like still, my mind is still blown by how good Elizabeth Olsen has been in this role. Just like doing all these different styles when they're going through these different eras of sitcoms and then also like still playing Wanda in a very convincing way and having like just the way she's she started with a really thick accent in the first few movies and it's not like it just disappeared like Halle Berry's storm um it just kind of it <laughs> died the the accent was uh less obvious over time as she's you know hanging around native english speakers a whole lot more um, and here, kind of like she sounded very American when she's playing these characters, and it all just made sense. And her putting on these different styles, and also showing just the layers with the character, I was just really impressed. And I think there are so many things you you can have your criticisms, but there are so many things that are still well done, and we have lots of reasons to keep coming back to these Marvel stories. You know, um, I guess we did make fun of her accent coming and going, though. Remember that? Yes, that was did. Cool. She did. That. Yeah, but. Like, I would argue that the times when her accent has been there or not been there, there's actually a good reason for it, if you're following. Yeah. I could be wrong, I, but I don't think it's just the actress messing up. I think it, there really is right. logic no, I'm behind not saying it. Actress, I'm not saying Elizabeth Olsen was messing up. I think it's really a writer-director error. Because, yes, your accent can be influenced by the people you're around, but I think that was way too quickly for me to really follow. Because I think of, you know, how many friends I have who live in Los Angeles, who have been here for over 10 years, who are from another country, who, no, they may sound to their parents like they have an accent, but they do not sound like they're from Los Angeles either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is a little different, though. I mean, like, if you're talking from Age of Ultron to Infinity War, that is enough years. Like, when I was living in Scotland, I met a guy from Canada who sounded like a native Scot when he talked. And it was weird to me. So some people change their accents really fast. I I don't not like hey, that. But hey Ben, go I've got on. a question for you. What do you think? Yes, for you. So, um, the Sokovia Accords. We never saw what became of them because there was this big civil war, and then half the universe disappeared. This is like the first thing that we're seeing after those. What do you think is going to become of the Sokovia Accords and go, going forward? Oh, geez. That's I mean, a one of the main reason for the most part. Gosh, that's a yeah, that's a good that's a good question. Obviously, I, they've mentioned them a couple times, and I think they mentioned the Sokovia Accords a couple times in WandaVision. I know, or maybe I'm confusing it with when they just mentioned Sokovia, but yeah, obviously, you know, that was based off the Civil War comic book series, and that was uh 
you know, obviously they had to adapt that differently from the comic books into the cinematic realm. Gosh, you know what? I don't know if I even want to speculate because I, I, here's, here's what I realized. I, I loved the meme that came out this week that was like, WandaVision failed to deliver on promises that it never made me. And I, I thought was that Collider was, was that Collider? It was right. It was somebody. I, I don't okay. remember. It might have been Collider, but yeah, I, I was just like, you know what? Yeah. And and the thing was, I I watched WandaVision not as well. This is a show that needs to to be successful and and get a second season. No, it's it's not supposed to have a second season. This was just a story about Wanda in the greater Marvel storyline, and. And there are things that happen in this series that are going to affect movies for the next five to 10 years, probably. Mm -hmm. And so at this point with Marvel, I'm just along for the ride. Like it's um, I I did an interview uh, with the guy that uh, wrote the book that the new movie Chaos Walking. Oh, really? Yeah. And um, it's uh, his name was um, um, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Look it up for me, Jim, while I'm talking. But uh, yeah, so he, um, uh, the new Patrick movie Chaos Yes, Patrick Ness. And he was a delight, by the way. And Patrick was, I asked him, I said, okay, so you've, you've got all these movies that are books that are adapted to screenplays. And, you know, it's you always have to make all these big adjustments. But he co-wrote the screenplay. He wrote the book series and he co-wrote the screenplay. I said, so what is that like having that kind of control? And he said, well, you know, you have to think of it. The the book is always going to be the book. And that's going to be its own story. And and the movie is a remix of the book. And so I just looked at it. What are the things that are going to translate over to the screen from the book? Uh, and what's not? And what can we take out? And what can we adjust and kind of change? And so, you know, there's, there's with good reason, people looking at Marvel movies and productions saying, Ooh, what are we going to get from the comic book? What is this going to be? But I think it, 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 it grew unchecked to a whole thing where like, well, Quicksilver is going to be Mephisto and all the X-Men are going to show up in the finale. And, you know, uh, Dr. Strange is going to make milkshakes with Cyclops and, you know, And then that would be now I want that to happen. What right? Yeah. And uh, and so I, I think it's gotten to a point where like now all these people got mad because they were like, Oh, all these things that I wanted to happen that I speculated, and and Quicksilver isn't Quicksilver, he's just Ralph Boner, you know, and he's it's not the multiverse, and House of M reverse House of M, whatever didn't happen, and you know, Doctor Strange didn't show up, and Professor X didn't show up. And I, I was even looking at this like, oh, going in and out of the hex changed Mon- uh, Monica Rambo? Monica. Yeah. yeah, Monica's DNA. So what did it do to all the people that were in there the whole time? Are they going to become the X-Men? Probably not. That's a bit of a stretch. But at this point, like I said, I'm just like, they built a new ride at Disneyland. I'm going to go ride it. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, like, when you can't. April 1st. April 1st, possibly. I know, I know, oh, I was going to say. Orange County gets a poop in a group. <laughs> I'm just really excited for you guys to tell me how wrong I am about Loki if we ever finally get to watch the show. It was supposed okay. to be April, they moved it to June. Here's, they it oh, to they June. did move it? Mm-hmm. It's okay. coming Wait, out so June 11th, I think, now is the premiere so for does that, that mean? Does that mean that we're not going to get new Marvel every week then now if it's got pushed back? I uh, will see. Because next week, next week, what no, is it? It's coming. 
No, it's not this week. It's the week after that. Two weeks we get the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But this week we do get, the, you know, the Marvel Legends where they show the backgrounds of characters and how this week they're going to do Zemo and Ooh. oh, Agent Carter's niece. What's her name? Who? Agent Agent Peggy Carter. Her oh, niece? yeah. Um, oh, gosh. I only know her as Agent 13, so... Anyways, yeah, she's going to be in there. So they're going to profile them this week on Disney Plus on the Marvel Legends series. And then next week, mm -hmm. I think they're doing Winter Soldier and Falcon getting ready for the series. So that's pretty cool. Hey, my last two thoughts on the end of the series was I liked it that Vision was created, but the way that I like the way that the two Visions were talking and the way one was able to, you know, mm -hmm. overpower, for lack of a better word, the other was a talk about philosophy and logic in a library. That was amazing. That you don't, that, that was kind of like Dr. Strange's library, by the way. Yeah. But like, so kind of, the yeah. body of vision is alive. And the reason he blew off is his brain starting to work. It's starting to pull together. He has to figure things out. And I think he's going to come back and meet Wanda again. And they're going to yeah. have to fall in love all over again, because it's the same thing that happened at the end of Endgame with, um, Chris Pratt's Star Lord and, and Gamora. Zoe Saldana, Gamora. Yeah. The brand new character, they have to meet and fall in love all over again. If they do. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of the same situation. So I think it's kind of exciting. Ben, what were you going to say? Vision the Gray died and came back as Vision the White. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Just, you know. All right. And we do have to move on because we have precious little we time. Really We've got but a binder full of women. Did. We've got a. <laughs> I know. We've got binders of women. But anyway, anyway, if you are watching the show and you are fans of collectibles, want Marvel just dropped the Scarlet Witch and the Vision collectible with Sideshow collectibles. If you're watching our show, we're showing a little bit of that. Those oh, are very costume, cool. Though. Golly, oh, golly, great. And anyways, um, Gosh, and today and they have they have Loki. They also have Loki. So I just ran out of time and couldn't put that in today. So her dress had a hood, y'all. Her dress. Oh my gosh, I was just like living for it. Yeah, my Where wife was like, I want that cloak. Jim, do you want She's me to just Dr. Strange the news a money. I'm sorry, Ben, what's that? Sorry, my fault. I didn't mean to step over anybody. I said, did you did you want me to just speed through the news items really quickly? That'd be fantastic because they all relate to different websites we're associated with. It's kind of cool. Okay, okay. Uh, anybody want to start a timer? Never mind. There's no time. We have another site and podcast called The Scare Guy that we're about to start warming back up because some cool news came out today from Universal Studios Orlando. Last year, we made the difficult decision not to hold Halloween Horror Nights. This is the voice of universal studios orlando now we're back for our 30th year and can't wait to make you scream to honor their 30th year they've announced their first maze this year betel geist excuse nice. me That's uh, from that hashtag show.com we've exclusively learned that sony will continue making their sceu films with marvel continuing with spider-man as well that means splitting the franchise in two from what we've heard from reliable sources, Marvel is looking to create two Spider-Man franchises. One will continue Peter Parker's story in the time with him in university. The other will focus on Miles Morales. It's said that Marvel is keen to use Miles in their upcoming Young Avengers project and see a lot of value in him. From what I've heard from my sources, I don't know who I is, but no way, going, <laughs> no way Home is going to provide us a much clearer roadmap for Spider-Man and the MCU. 
Hmm. I've also heard reports that Spider-Man 4 will film back-to-back with No Way Home. I've heard that, too. Uh, We have have yet to corroborate this, though, and we'll keep digging to get more information. Either way, Marvel is already looking for writers and directors for these two franchises. Peter and Miles have two completely different stories, and they want writers and directors who can bring a distinct voice to each character. Number three, from theconguy.com, Marvel's MODOK, which is... what? Wait, what does it stand for? At the very end of the article, it says. Uh, oh, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mental organism designed only for killing. The first <laughs> comedy geared specifically for adults and uh, debuts Friday, May 21 on Hulu. Uh, in Marvel's MODOK, the megalomaniacal supervillain MODOK, voiced by Patton Oswalt. Not Oswald Patton, as you wrote. <laughs> Who wrote that? Yeah. Has long pursued his dream of one day conquering the world, but after years of setbacks and failures fighting the Earth's mightiest heroes, Modoc has run his evil organization, AIM, into the ground. Ousted as AIM's leader, while also dealing with his crumbling marriage and family life, the mental organism designed only for killing is set to con- confront his greatest challenge yet. That one's going to be great because... I adore Patton Oswald. Yes. Um, I absolutely love Patton Oswald Patton, too. He did a he did Oswald. a voice in season two of the or he did a voice in the boys. Uh, he does voices in all kinds of stuff. Yeah, he well, he played. Um, if you guys saw it, there's a scene where um, Chase Crawford's character, the Deep, uh, he has gills and he's very self conscious about it, and so he's they're trying to get him to have more self confidence, and his gills start talking to him, and it's Patton Oswalt's voice. That's weird. <laughs> we it know Patton Oswalt. And Ratatouille is the shit. Yeah, yeah. So when um, Danae and Katie were putting together tonight's show, they thought it would be really cool to talk about our favorite ladies of fandom, women in nerddom. So all of us threw in our our votes, and we came up with a list of 15. There's five of us here. I don't know if if that's three apiece, but what we'll do is this. I'm going to – this is in no particular order. I'm going to pull up the photo. And whoever submitted the photo, jump in and tell us who it is and why this is your choice. Da, da, da. We will start right here at the top. By the way, w- Katie and Danae, what exactly is it that we're going through? What's the list again? It's uh, our, our favorite, favorite women, like our favorite women, women, women of fandom. Um, it can be characters or women in the fandom. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And I let this list show you that we as geeks and nerds have always fully embraced strong female characters. Here we go. Num- our first ones of the night. Beverly yes. Crusher. Dr. Beverly Crusher. I wonder who yes. that is. Um, yeah, it's mine. Um, here's the deal. Okay, growing up, well, long before I really grew up, if I ever actually have, um, yeah, Star Trek The Next Generation was my show as a kid, and Dr. Crusher is the doctor um what's awesome about her okay she's she's just this strong smart woman and she's also a mother you know even though her kid's kind of annoying but for me watching it as a kid um yeah for me watching it as a kid our mother was a microbiologist and then an epidemiologist and before now working as a full-time therapist um so you know we had our mom also ginger uh, who works in medicine and, you know, it wasn't uncommon for me to see my mom in a lab coat on those rare times when I saw her at work as a really little kid. Um, so I probably had some psychological thing where I thought Dr. Crusher was like my mom. Cause you know, she's just working there and she's helping people get well. 
Um, and she's That's a really cool. smart sciencey lady. And <laughs> what's and part some of the stuff that's cool about her is like she's just she is very well respected in her field too. Second season, she's gone because she's working at Starfleet Medical, and um, she's a brilliant woman. She's stern. Um, she knows how to stick up for people, and she's she's the one person who can give the captain orders because she's the doctor. Um, yeah, and she's she's an all around really great character, and the portrayal of her is cool because you know the. In uh, the next generation, at least, um, from what I remember, um, I might be forgetting some characters when I'm talking about this, but there were two women who were very prominent in the command crew. One was the doctor, and one was the counselor. One was like all was all about the science and healing people, and the other, her job was to be an empath and to help people feel. Um, and even though Star Trek has been a little weird sometimes with like costuming for women and everything, you compared to stuff like in the 60s compared to stuff at the time you had a character like uhura who was really intelligent and was you know a, a black woman on the bridge in the 60s and then you have people like dr crusher who's a scientist and a doctor um and that's just a cool thing star trek has done is showing you know that hey guess what you know that space travel is not going to be just a boys club um and there's chatter in, in the distant future she may be back. She may be visiting Picard season two. I hope so because <laughs> she's awesome. All right. So here's the next one on our list. And whoever picked it, please speak up. Nobody? That was, that was Danae, right? Man. That was on the video I made, but it wasn't on the list I gave to Jim. But yeah, that's <laughs> Kitano. Um, I, I love her. I love Rosario Dawson playing that character. I love the fact that Rosario Dawson has been a part of um, the Star Wars universe, the Marvel universe, and the DC universe. Um, she's awesome. And um, yeah, we have a lot of people to get through. So yeah. <laughs> all right. So, all right. Da, 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 and go. Oh, my girl, uh, Agent Daisy Johnson, AKA Sky aka quake and i also have a visual you know we have a picture there but like i mean oh yeah uh Wait, from agents again, of shield. hold it up oh, again yeah so from agents of shield so this pop was is a funko pop obviously and it's no longer made it's worth about 100 dollars right now because it's no longer able to be made mm. so uh love her cosplayed as her uh she was the first in like modern time superhero that I fell in love with, but not just that we it is international women's day and she is an Asian American. So uh, the fact that we had Asian American representation on a Marvel TV show, not just one, but two, uh, was just obviously something that I'm very passionate about. I'm very, very happy to have had such a kick-ass woman in that show. I mean, she literally kicked ass. Ben can tell me he watched, couldn't agree with me. He watched the show as well. And there was just so much depth. You, you got to see her be like the very like independent, not needing help to later on being like, okay, I am part of a team. And I feel like she had a very, very good character development, but still looked badass, yep. beautiful while doing it. So That's right. All right. Love her. Here's our next one. Donna Noble from Doctor Who. She was- Dr. Donna. Yeah, the Dr. Donna comes up later. Spoiler alert for those of you that haven't watched that show from, you know, like 2008. Um, <laughs> Donna Noble was amazing. And part of the reason um, she's my favorite companion 
is not only just because she is so sassy, but I love that there was no forced love story between her and any of the other characters. She was just there because she was like, I want to go on an adventure. I want to change up my life. And I want to do awesome things and help people. And she really sought after those situations where she knew the doctor could be there, where she knew need people needed help. And she was ready to sacrifice everything in the end. And she's just brilliant. And I love Catherine Tate. Like, I don't know that she's, I don't know if there's anything she's done that I haven't really enjoyed because she's so incredibly talented. And Donna Noble, you guys, man, I miss her. Who? <laughs> All right. Catherine Tate, of course, a close personal friend of the Cleavers. What? Who? I'll show you the quest. I'll show you the picture after the show. Get oh. out of town. Oh. That's so cool. Speaking of Ben, who's this? Harrison Dola. Dudes, okay, let me tell you this. So I did not get into uh, Star Wars Rebels until after Disney Plus came out. I didn't watch it like when it aired or anything. So Disney Plus comes out, and I'm like, well, I didn't watch any of this. I didn't watch Clone Wars, so I went through and watched Clone Wars. And then I watched, and 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 she connects a little bit to my other choice, which I'll talk about whenever that pops up. But Hera is such a great character, and I love the something we mentioned earlier is when we're 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 talking about female characters, we're talking about strong female characters that are not the point of them is not this is a girl, you know, it's, it's just a strong character that you can look up to and, and who is awesome and how, how male and female and different characters can play off of each other with certain strengths and weaknesses that aren't necessarily physical in one sense or the other. And they're not necessarily emotional, but in the other sense that they are. And, and she is just a very well-developed, strong, amazing, awesome character. And she has, She's so caring about the people around her and she's such, and she's also like got this a little bit of like the Han Solo rogue type of, you know, kind of vibe to her as well. I don't know. She's just an awesome character. I like Hera. That's cool. That's cool. All right. And here's our next one. Eowyn. I am no man. Yes. <laughs> okay. So here's what's amazing about Eowyn. All right. Um, Lord of the Rings some of the best literature I think that's ever been out there. Um, and it's, you know, like it, it, we have epic fantasy today because of J.R.R. Tolkien, really, you wouldn't have, like there would be no Brandon Sanderson or anything like that without him. Um, obviously no George R.R. Martin. Anyway, <laughs> what's great about Eowyn, first of all, she's part of Rohan, which is a, a country where they, you know, they're all about their horses. They breed like the best horses in all of Middle Earth. And the name Eowyn, is, a lot of those names for the people of Rohan, Tolkien based on Old English. And her name is drawn from words for joy and horse. So it's someone who gets their joy from uh, horses. Um, so of course she's a great rider and she's a fighter. What's awesome about her is, you know, she wants to be part of the fight, but she can't always do it. And so she's just, she does try and help and rescue people however she can. Um, at the Battle of Helm's Deep, she's, she's doing what she can to help out even though she wants to be up there fighting on the wall, she doesn't really get to. And so she's back in the caves helping take, take care of everyone, um, which is still a pretty noble thing to do. And then she's at the Battle of Pelennor Field. She kind of sneaks through. And um, yeah, the whole thing with the, the Witch King of Angmar, and he's like, fool, no man can kill me because there was like some prophecy or something about him saying no man could kill him. You know, that was the thing that was said. But surprise, um, she says, I am no man and stabs him in the face. And it's not 
um, stabs him in the invisible face. We assume there's a face there, even though we can't see it. Um, anyway, and it's not one of those moments where like, well, I'll show you what a girl can do. It was more just like, oh, you know, trick the enemy because he's on his hubris and she's, um, and that's not what they call the big lizard thing that he rides. I mean, it, his hubris um, got him into trouble <laughs> because there was this whole thing and she, you know, she really is a good fighter. Um, and it's not, they're not trying to do even like a gender war thing. It's just like she was trying to do her part. Um, and she's such, what's awesome is she's a fighter. She's really cool. There's the whole line about her, you know, I fear neither death nor pain. What do you fear? A cage um, to stay behind bars until use and old age accept them. And there's the other line about, you know, uh, in the movie, Wormtongue says it to her, but it's actually taken from somebody talking about her being in the houses of healing while she's recovering from her injuries. Um, how tortured she is by just being in a room all day. Um, the walls of your bower closing in around you, a hutch to trammel some wild thing. So she has this wild streak in her, but through all of that, she doesn't ever sacrifice her femininity. You know, she's still graceful. She's still, um, she's still beautiful in all like inside and out in all these great ways. And yeah. And it's, it, and they kind of play up this love triangle a bit, but then she does, she does find love, but that's, she's not like based on her relationships with men. She's actually like her own person. Um, yeah. And she's awesome. I remember when I was reading the books, Danae was still quite young and I was like, there is somebody in the second book that you are going to love. And I was reading it like, because Danae's it's all about horses and stuff too. I was like, okay, my sister's going to love this when we actually get to see Rohan on screen. And she's, she's going to love AON. I can't wait until she sees her. And then she did. And um, Danae would have had AON as her pick, but I called it first. <laughs> they, and as can be expected, they argued a little bit about that. So, Danae, <laughs> Danae this, was a, this was also an important character for you. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I um, I mean, just, just like everything Derek said, it was just so cool to see... Um, to see a character like that. And of course, in the horse world, I love the fact that she took down an elephant all by herself. And yep. um, especially growing up in, you know, the, the kind of area that we did, I think it was really um, like, I was all about that Joan of Arc idea of like putting on, you know, a pair of pants instead of your dress and going out and fighting yourself. So just any opportunity to see that as a kid, I was crazy about. And oh yeah, the Lord of the Rings were hugely influential on my life. Love, right. I, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I did not mean to interrupt. Sorry. No, I, I was done. I was wrapping up. Please. That's fantastic. I, I, Everybody who's apologizing for interrupting tonight, except me. All right. That is the best character. That's the best. Nice okay. Here's, here's the next one. It is mine. I wonder Kate who Austin. this is. Kate Austin <laughs> from Lost. And it, the reason I put her in is Lost is either my number one or number three favorite show of all time. Um, the Kate Austin character was so complicated. She murdered, but yet we were, we, they wrote in such a way that we sympathized with her, but she was one of the strongest characters on that show. Evangeline Lilly in real life came from um, a missionary family. From, and so it was really cool to see that this was like, she stayed kind of true to being kind of like a really decent person. And I know that later on, um, she did talk about she was made to do some scenes on that show that made her uncomfortable. And let's let's be fair and just say there were some times they kind of sexualized her a little bit more than probably she should have been on the show. But through it all, 
she was such a lovable, likable, identifiable character. And when, as a screenwriter, when I look back on characters that have done really bad things, but yet uh, the writing and the acting brings that character to a point where you just feel so much sympathy and so much empathy for that character. I always think of her, her character as one that has went on such a big journey. And on the other side of it, she was one that was so fully redeemed. So Kate Austin, here's to you. I hope we have more women on TV like you. I don't think we have enough strong women like Kate on TV. All right, here's the next one. Oh, hang on. Hey. My favorite woman of any uh, nerd universe just walked in. All right. Yes. Hi. Right. Okay, she's standing over there, but here. Is she gonna walk? She's gonna walk behind you. Lie. Right. She, she like stood off just off camera and wouldn't come over. Okay. What is she gonna do? Go on, Jim. Thanks. All right. All right, here's the next one. Dun, dun, dun. Yay. My very first fandom was the BBC Chronicles of Narnia. Um, I will always say the Prince Caspian and Voyage of the Dawn Treader are one story. They go right together. Um, I just, before I understood what was going on, I loved these VHS tapes. And it's always, that's something that's always stayed to me. Cause like, as um, like in my family, I am the baby. I'm the only girl. I know Lucy is not the only girl in her family, but she does have two brothers. And I love that she was the one that found this world. She was the one that changed their lives. She was the reason Narnia was, I mean, you know, she started the domino effect of saving Narnia. And I just, I, I love any, I mean, I love Narnia so much, so I could go on and on about it, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it brief because we have a lot of people to get through. And I, um, I've always been a fan of just those classic films where people put on very ridiculous costumes and a lot of the effects <laughs> were drawn in later. And um, I'll always love it. Like, I think they're still available on YouTube to watch sometimes. I would, I would love if we just got together and binged BBC Narnia, you guys, because it's amazing. And yeah, like I said, my very first fandom was Narnia and it was introduced by, you know, little sister leading the way for everyone. And I just, I love it. <laughs> All right, here's one that I fully endorse. This is such a great character. Zoe Washburn! <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, you guys, I submitted this one. But uh, she's, in a lot of ways, similar to the, the Harrison Dilla character that I was talking about earlier. Um, she's just a badass. And I think the thing is, uh, listen, I, I work in the entertainment industry. I, I act, I write, I direct, I produce, I do all this kind of stuff. And so I subscribe to like emails and I go to websites that, and I read books and stuff that talks about writing. And there's all these things that are like, here's how to write a female character. And I think there is importance in knowing, particularly as a dude, like here's how you need to write a female character. But I think the problem is that there's so much stress and effort because so many people have written terrible female characters. Um, and of course, uh, 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 um, Joss Whedon stuff aside, the man can write some really good female characters. Um, yep. There's some other issues there, but um, Zoe is definitely another really strong character. And, and it, it kind of illustrates that there are certain aspects that you have to be aware of when you're particularly as a male writing a female character of, of just the difference in what we were talking about earlier, the way men and women think differently or process or, or uh, you know, go through logic differently. But just write a good character and 
Zoe is just such a good character. She's awesome. She's badass. She's amazing. And um, and her relationship with her husband is so good too, because there's, mm-hmm. in some senses, there's some role, some traditional role reversal in their relationship. But of course, then it's Alan Tudyk, and he can he he can play anything as well. And so, um, and that couple is such a great couple too. Um, and um, yeah, she's just a great character. I love Zoe. <laughs> All right, I, I agree. And Fire Firefly, wow. Bring it back. Bring it back. All right, here we go. One of the prototypes of strong women on television, Dana Scully from X, the X-Files, yeah. played by Gillian Anderson, one of my all-time favorite actors ever. And I discovered X-Files when I was out of work. I was between jobs, and my friend Greg had taped. Back in the day, they had this thing called a VCR. You put tapes in it and you tape an episode. He taped every episode of the X-Files. So I didn't have a computer to print out my resumes back then. We had to mail resumes to people. So, or deliver them on paper. So I went over to his house to use it. But while I was there, I saw the stack of X-Files tapes and I asked him, can I see what this is? Sure. So for about two weeks straight, I would watch five or six X-Files a night. I was married then. Now you see why I'm not. Because <laughs> that was so disrespectful. But I was supposed to be looking for a job. But instead, I got addicted to the X-Files. Agent Scully, I just loved her, how calm she was, how how scientific, how methodical. But yet, when it came time to show true empathy and emotion, she was just so much heart. Like the episode where she was possibly going to die of cancer and the thing that was holding her to this earth, this earthly plane was her faith and grabbing onto that cross. That was such a beautiful episode. And I, I, I'm sad that Exiles is over. I would, didn't really love how it ended this last couple of um, limited series, but I still love it. All right, next. Bum, bum, bum. Who's this desk? This would be Charlie Bradbury. I also have a visual for this one. Surprise, surprise. Uh, AKA Felicia Day. This is a two-parter because it is technically two different things. Um, Charlie Bradbury, the character, which is, you can kind of see it. My ring light's getting in the way, but uh, Mm -hmm. my roommate, my beautiful, beautiful roommate recently got me this pop and it has definitely not been available for a few years now. And it is also worth a a good amount of money as well. Uh, And it's, her character on Supernatural was my favorite, one of my favorite female characters on Supernatural. In a in a story that is primarily based around two sets of brothers, you have this beautiful, genuinely nerdy girl uh, in the show who just brings this color and this fun element to it, but also uh, brings that um, representation because her character is a lesbian in the TV show, so it also brought uh, LGBTQ representation in the show. And just like that, it was she's portrayed by Felicia Day, who is also my favorite ladies of fandom because even though she is not a character like everybody else, she is one of the most genuinely nerdy female females in the entertainment industry. She yeah. is on Twitch more now than I think probably she was pre-pandemic, but she's on Twitch. She's streaming to hundreds of people, sometimes thousands of people a day, and she just has written books about it's okay to be a nerd and all this stuff. And so as someone who is a nerd and is a female, she's just such a great example of, I don't know how you couldn't mention her 
because if I think of nerds and I think of women, I think of Felicia Day. There's just no, there's no one else I think of first than her, other than her. So, does she still do Geek and Sundry, or did she sell that? That was her website and her collection. She used to do off sites at Comic Con of the Geek. Yeah, and I don't know. I'm wanting to say she sold it because I don't yeah, think I she was been part of the company the last time I was at Comic Con. I saw her in the Target near my house one time. Oh, all right. I, I wanted to no. go up to her and I didn't talk to her because I, it just, you don't want to talk to her. Like, yeah. You know, you don't want to bother people. And, yeah. and I'm a stranger, you know, uh, despite the fact that she is a recognized person. Um, but I did, if I thought if I would have said anything to her, it would have just been a very light, like, I really appreciate everything you've done and you've inspired me in my own nerdiness and to create nerdy content. So thank you very much. And that's what I would have said to her. But at the same time, you know, these people are out just living their lives. It doesn't matter if they're on TV or movies, they're still a human being. So she, <laughs> she has a couple books out too, by the way. And I started reading the, you're always weird on the internet. Mm -hmm. And it is just hysterical too. Like just as anybody who is a nerd, she has real life circumstance, real life things that have happened that she writes about in the book. And it's just funny too. She just, she's just hysterical. She has a natural sense of humor, which I think all of us like in a good, strong female uh, is a sense of humor. So. And I love the way she was able to, she's got such agency and such power. She, she has carved out exactly the career she wants in the interest mm -hmm. she wants. She's doing what yep. she wants to do. So more power to her. Yes, I love Felicia yep. Day. All right, <laughs> this next one, I'll tell you real quick. This is mine. Sydney Bristow from yes. Alien. She ran for five, five or six, maybe five years, six years, filmed right over here in Burbank. It, it ran for five. Yes. And let me tell you, this is her iconic red wig from the pilot episode, which I regard as perhaps one of the top one or two. It's one of the best pilots I think that was has ever been filmed. J.J. Mm -hmm. Abrams directed it. He directed the other my other favorite pilot, which was the pilot for Lost. Those two shows are just so fantastic. But J.J. Abrams is kind of like what Joss Whedon has been known for. Like we say, let's separate some of the controversy away from you know some of the writing right here. But J.J. Um, Abrams has not been accused of anything, so thank goodness. But he, he also creates strong women. So he is known, you know, he's Felicity, alias, and then the Lost characters. And then, you know, we have him over um, uh, Ray from the Star Wars trilogy. Um, yes, another fan. I know I love Alias, it's so great. But she just was so, when we talk about strong characters, she was a, a graduate student. She was super strong, she was picking ass, but I love the way the show would always balance. You know what, you don't, she doesn't have to turn into a man to be tough, to be hard, and to be, you know, adventuresome. She was very much a woman trying to get through class, trying to make everything work. And I just I just think that was great. So that was mine. And I just, okay. These next two Jennifer Garner. The next Yay, one. Jennifer I, I, what? We were just, Jennifer Garner is from our hometown. So we love, yeah. we love. Oh, okay, she did gotcha. community theater with our uncle and our granddad back in the day. And she's awesome. She's always like doing things for fundraisers for nonprofits back in Charleston. Um, when there was a whole bunch of flooding a few years ago, she was going back and helping raise money for stuff. She's always donating stuff to our our, our local children's theater for auctions 
Um, nice. Yeah, and she's she's always speaking well of her hometown and the people there. Like so many people might diss West Virginia, and she sticks up. She's had arguments with Conan before on his show about like why people are proud of West Virginia. It's awesome. it's pretty great. So we'll, we will watch just about anything Jennifer Garner is at. And there's pictures of her online taking her kids to church. I like that. All right. Mm -hmm. These next two I'm going to count as one because I love Katie Sackhoff so much. Starbucks yeah. from the revisioned Battlestar Galactica and recently Bo-Katan from The Mandalorian. I, I, even though Katie Sackhoff has played some non-sci-fi characters, She's kind of known for these roles. She inhabits them. She becomes them. Bo-Katan's going to have a lot more coming up. Apparently, she's going to possibly be in some spinoff series, which is so amazing. She, I, that's that's so great. But um, Katie Sackhoff, and I've told you guys this before. Before I ever knew who she was, she was I was um, doing a service project with the church I was part of, and we were delivering turkeys to the homeless downtown, turkeys and shoes and everything. And she was partnered up with me to deliver turkeys to homeless people downtown. And it was like, before I ever knew her, I knew her as a good, caring person. And then I started watching her on television. I was like, that's fantastic. I, so I guess that's I'm a little great. biased. I know her as a good person first and a kick-ass actress next. She's really cool. All right. This next one, I think uh, you guys wanted me to throw in there. Yeah. <laughs> Space Mom. <laughs> Somebody speak up because this one this one goes without saying. I mean, I think Leia is just on all of our lists for being amazing. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, who out there doesn't just love Princess Leia? Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. Princess I, Leia. Go both ahead. Both her character and Carrie Fisher as a person. You know, Carrie always embraced. Uh, she embraced the fact that she wasn't perfect. You know, she, she had a lot of drug problems, obviously, and uh, had a lot of issues over her life and a lot of heartbreak. And, um, you know, she she always embraced that and she used that to fuel her creativity and, and she had ups and downs, as many people do in this industry. And, you know, she she became wildly famous as a young person, which is always a good recipe starting point for uh, for trouble in your life. Um, and not necessarily all the time, but, but a lot oftentimes. And, uh, and she dealt with that and she became an incredible writer and a producer, uh, director. And, um, and, and of course the character of princess Leia herself, um, also, you know, was, was powerful and, uh, had, had flaws, but was also incredibly strong. Um, very a very good way i think for for uh young people who were getting into star wars and sci-fi in the 80s and 90s uh well in the 70s as well 70s 80s and 90s to see a character like her that um that was strong and that was um bold in a lot of the ways that she was leia yeah. who doesn't love leia thank you Kristen gus all right ben thank you for saying that that Whenever I hear of uh, Carrie Fisher and Princess Leia, I almost get tears in my eyes. I just love her so much. All right, yeah. last, these are our honorable mentions, which I'm going to slap Derek around for not putting this one on. Derek, what's right. your problem? Well, I had to I had to go back a little more. Some of these I figured would be obvious to so many yeah. people, and we wanted to you know get a little more outside the box because, I mean, people would have forgotten some of them. But, yeah, we didn't have Hermione on our list, and obviously she's a great female character. Um she probably reminds us all of somebody we knew in school. Um, when I was reading the books, you know, I kept picturing this one friend. I won't mention her name, but, you know, she was 
always making straight A's and always lecturing her guy friends for not studying better. Yeah. But cool. Hermione is pretty awesome. Obviously. Yeah. All right. And finally, last but not least. Da, da, da. Okay, I'll do it. Huh? Wait. Ah, there Wait. we go. Oh, oh, yeah. Nobody oh, mentioned yeah. Arya. I said I didn't think of that because I'm literally watching rewatching Game of Thrones right now. Mm -hmm. Um and I I'll talk about Arya because for one thing, obviously she she goes against the stereotypes that a female character is so often in, in real life scenarios. And she was like, No, that whole like getting married, having a family, having a title. No, I don't want that. I want to do something totally different and <coughs> pardon me, y'all. Uh and so I love that. And also she is the one, one of the few characters in Game of Thrones who you consistently loved and didn't have a reason to hate her at really any point of the show. Everybody else, for the most part, you hate at one point. Um, but she was pretty consistent. And she's just such a pleasant person when you watch her in anything else outside of, outside of Game of Thrones and her interviews and everything like that. I mean, she, she's great. I don't, I don't, and I don't know how we, can't say anything good about Arya Stark. Ben. I had a quick other honorable mention I didn't think of until Kate, uh, Katie was talking about um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but pretty much anything Meng-Na Wen is, yeah. yes. um, is a great female character. Mm -hmm. She's <laughs> also she's character. genuinely nerdy. I mean, she yeah. she wears her nerd card loud and proud, too. So She's Chun-Li, man! <laughs> also, so, um, she's the original Mulan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, Disney princess yeah. and a super spy and, you know, a, I forget what she was actually doing in The Mandalorian. She was dangerous. I'll just say she's like Mandalorian adjacent, you know. Yeah. So. Well, and she's she's in the new, um, she's a main character in the new Bubble Fat series, right? Yeah. yeah. That's so. a really good, but the, what I was, and since we said it, come on, Ming No Wed at the D23 Expo, she's pretty amazing. And she's Still absolutely stunning. Absolutely yep. stunning. She is. Um, the, and the thing about Arya, which I so liked, is we saw her from kind of a precocious, like a precocious young kid, and we saw her grow into a strong young woman. With and it was fantastic to watch. It, it felt so natural. It felt so good. But we we were seeing the the makings of a hero. That was so great. Um, I think we have come to the end of our list. Is there anybody else we want to throw in there before we end this super long X? When I say super long, this is all of them. Shorter <laughs> than others. All right. This is what we're going to call last call. We're going to go around. Please tell people where they can find you and any kind of announcement you would like to meet, to make. Uh, we'll let Katie, why don't you direct us around? Am I going first? Sure. Oh, okay. All right. So uh, I am Katie, aka KT underscore Christine across all social media. Uh, you can find me on Twitch. I do a lot of late night streaming. I recently downloaded a game called Human Fall Flat, which is absolutely hysterical. It's just trying to get through maps with very minimal movement. Um, so it's really funny. I just started that. I've been playing Ghost of Tsushima, all those things. Uh, you can find me live tweeting whatever I'm watching on TV. It's just a habit I've picked up. I put my thoughts into the Twitter burst and that's just how it goes. Uh, but I'm also going to be doing a lot of stuff with the con girl page, uh, as well as hoping doing some more social media stuff for the con guy, hoping to get some more stuff out there and just nerding out about a lot of stuff. 
So that's that's me in a nutshell and writing for that hashtag show. So Derek. Hey, uh, I'm Derek. You know, at con guy Derek, this way. It does still exist on Twitter. If you want to see some of my old posts from past conventions, reminisce <laughs> with those pictures of cosplays and, you know, the, the life that was. Um, I am, you know, kind of lying low because I've got to be a full-time dad right now. But, um, yeah, you can still find me here. Um, do hope to get some more stuff on theconguy.com before very long. And other news, I don't think there's much because my life is consumed by little children. And I'm just, I'm still watching Moana over and over and over again. Um, I'll let you know when they learn another movie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll go next and then we'll go to Ben and we're going to let Danae end our Con Girl show today. So you can find me at, just go there to theconguy.com. Look at what we are posting. All of our podcasts will be posted there. Also, you can find me at Jim Fry LA on Twitter, James D. Fry on Instagram. And we did a really cool interview this past week with the director and cast of a brand new horror film called um, Dreamcatcher. One of our, the people we interviewed was uh, Lou Ferrigno Jr. What a fun interview that was. We also spoke with Adrienne Wilkinson. She's from Star Trek Renegades, Xena Warrior Princess, and then the writer, director, Jacob Johnson. Um, and I encourage you guys to check it out. It's on The Scare Guy, which is something we're going to start warming back up as we head into the season. A new horror movies are coming out, and we're heading into April, which, as we all know, is halfway to Halloween, so we got some stuff coming up. All right, guys, um, and I'll throw it over to Ben. Hey, everybody, it's me, old buddy Ben. Uh, you can find me on the internet at Ben Cleaver. That's B-E-N-K-L-I-E-W-E-R. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I have not posted much recently because, as I mentioned at the top of the show, my my forty hour a week full time job right now. Uh, the the only thing I'm getting paid for is uh, I work at the call center for the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health, and I am answering calls and helping people schedule COVID-19 vaccines. And I want to uh, make a very important public service announcement. Um, it, it's it's really important that we do this. The, and, and the samplings can tell you, coming from a family with a, an epidemiologist, that uh, we discussed this on the show a few weeks ago. Some people were concerned, oh, this vaccine got developed too quickly. It actually didn't. It's, it got developed in the same amount of time. It got approved very quickly because we need it. And mm -hmm. uh, so I encourage everybody, once your tier opens up, keep your eyeballs on your local public health department's uh, web pages and information. Uh, when it is your turn, uh, do your best to sign up, but have patience. There's a lot of people trying to get it right now. And then once you do get the vaccine, uh, please keep wearing a mask. Uh, it will protect, the vaccine will protect you from getting sick, but it, it may not uh, necessarily prevent you from, from spreading it to other people who have not gotten vaccinated yet. Um, and the more that we can keep just holding on and, and, and doing this and fighting the fight for each other and helping to protect each other, the sooner Disneyland can open. And that's a very important thing to happen. Speaking of, another uh, honorable mention for a strong female, female character, we threw down the cash and watched Raya and the Last Dragon. And that was a blast. It's a gorgeous movie. We've watched it twice already. It was amazing. Um, I, was, but, I was hoping somebody watched it. We'll have to talk about that next week. Um, but outside of that, my life pretty much consists of working, answering calls all day. Then I do uh, I do some exercise, spend some time with my wife, work a little bit on some hashtag show stuff. And then I like pound out three episodes of The Next Generation on Netflix and just fall asleep. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, outside of that, uh, I, I have not social media much. 
to 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 go back. But I'm gonna I'm gonna try. I promise. I promise. I'm gonna try. Okay. I'm gonna go back. It's okay, to- Ben. You don't need to. It's okay. No, but I do. I'm a public figure, or at least I'm trying to be a public figure. I- yeah. It's a struggle. <laughs> hey, Ben. Uh, why do you always carry that red cup with you? Oh, because whenever Ben Cleaver shows up, it's always a party. Oh, that's a great line. You should use that again. And real quick, before Danae jumps on, I, I apologize. Danae, I just wanted to say, to follow up on what Ben said, this is my birthday this past week, and I'm not trying to get birthday mm-hmm. gifts, but if you want to send them, just let me know. I'll tell you the address. And my, Jim grandmother, on wish list. my grandmother has called me every birthday of my life, has either been there. She did again this year, age 96, in a nursing wow. home. I have not been able to see her for two or three years, but... This last year was because I flew home for Christmas and because of COVID, she was not allowed to come outside or I was not able to visit her. And I had also been traveling on a plane. So it was just like kind of a, and she, she told me yesterday, she goes, Jimmy, she calls me Jimmy. I got my COVID vaccine, both shots. You can come see me now. So guys, as soon as I get that shot, I please get your shots. Keep my grandmother alive. My mom and dad got their shots. And I am so excited this year to go see my my beautiful, beautiful grandmother, age 96, over in Tennessee. So thank you, Ben, for saying that. Also, last thing from Brad. Brad says, Superman and Lois is my favorite new show in a long time. It's done so well. Perfect casting. The storyline is relatable and still out of this world. It's, uh, we should talk about this coming up because I actually did watch an episode of that. And I agree. I was surprised. Still out of this How? world, maybe because he's an alien. Yeah. yeah. Where did you watch it? Didn't, where did I watch it? Yeah, where can we watch it? Like CWTV.com. Okay, cool. Thank you. I, also, I don't I know what time that, it is because it just comes on a DVR. I hey, also today, believe that Lois is Mephisto. That's that's my theory right now. I'm going <laughs> to. Today, could you take us out and encourage everybody about the Con Girls? Yeah, guys, I am so excited about the Con Girl getting started. I just wanted to mention a couple of things because I am a huge history nerd too. Um, that. A lot of people argue that sci-fi was invented on January 1st, 1818, when Mary Shelley released Frankenstein. So I think it's so cool to be able to talk about it from a girl's perspective, because some people argue that nerd culture was invented by women. Um, Emma Orksey basically invented the masked vigilante when she wrote The Scarlet Pimpernel. Yes. Yes. And yeah, Derek and I, that's one of our favorite books. I'm always happy to mention it. So it's so cool to be able to come in it from a lady's perspective, because like we said, you know, let's all show off the different views of things. But also, I just want to give a quick shout out to Jim, because he was the one that really pushed us saying like, hey, you should do this. It would be amazing. And, you know, it is International Women's Day and we say empowered women empower women. But at the same time, we should just all be empowering each other. So thank you, Jim, for always just like leading the charge on all of the con guys. For encouraging us to like start out con girls and get going with it, because I think it's awesome when men and women can recognize each other being strong. So thank you for that, Jen. That was amazing. Guys, you can find me on Instagram at d n a y s and on Instagram at the con girls. Katie and I will be on there. I really hope she teaches me how to play video games because Katie, I would love to just play some games with you sometime. (laughs) Uh, It'll be amazing. We should probably we'll do some cosplays. We will show off our nerdy T-shirts. Maybe we'll she'll start jumping out with a mask and scaring me, and we'll see. 
<laughs> Scared nay. That'd be great. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Well, Check out guys. the kind girls, guys. We'll we'll be posting a lot there. And Danae and Katie have so much planned here. Thank you guys for tuning in tonight. Thank you, everybody, for being here. We'll see Good everybody. night, everybody. Yes. That kind girl logo is so cool. Yes, it is. Bethany did it. Oh, yeah. We should recognize awesome. Bethany. Yeah, she doesn't really get on Instagram very much, but you can find her um, at strange, the letter B underscore R-E-E-D. And she does some amazing art. She did some art for some of my books that's awesome. And she also sometimes does some comics drawings on the side. But yeah, you should check her out. And also, I just want you guys to, um, wait a second, I can't do it. Look at the color of Katie's hair. Look at it, look at it. Isn't that cool? <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see everybody next time. Bye-bye. Good night. Good night. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.